Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. A huge fire in Vancouver's Kitsilano neighborhood is once again raising the issue of the safety of some homes. Jill Bennett joins us live in Vancouver tonight. Jill, there are questions about exactly who was living in that house. There are, Sophie, but no one's going to be living in the house now. Demolition crews are right now making quick work of that three-story house, tearing it down because it was simply too unstable to remain standing. No one was hurt when the fire started this morning, but it was a very frightening scene for people living on this street. This is what residents in this block of West 3rd Avenue in Kitsilano woke up to this morning. You know, the whole place was an orange glow. It's kind of uh, surreal. When I first saw it, it was just black smoke coming up with a lot of sparks shooting. It amazes me how it just flames kept shooting up despite all of their efforts. It just kept going on and on and on. It appears the three-alarm fire started on an upper floor. The flames quickly spread, making it difficult for fire crews. When our crews first arrived, the entire upper floor was heavily charged with smoke with flames exiting the windows. Our crews mounted an aggressive interior attack. Well, it doesn't look too good, does it? I mean, I know these guys are trying really hard. At one point, the flames came dangerously close to neighboring homes. Fire crews were able to fight back, but there was some damage. So this house is flooded in the basement, and my house is flooded in the basement. The fire-destroyed house sold several months ago. The previous owner helped the tenants, many who had lived here for decades, move out. He came by to see the damage, but didn't want his face on TV. I gave him notice uh, in December of uh, last year, and they were out at the end of May of this year. But neighbours say a young couple moved into one of the upper suites in September. There were people living in there. There was a couple living in there. Um, I don't know exactly how long they were living there for, but... Definitely, there were two people living in there. No one was hurt in the fire, but Friday evening, demolition of the house began. Crews say it was too unstable to leave standing. I did reach out to the new owners of this house by phone. I spoke with them, but it was unclear about the tenants living in there, whether they were legally renting that suite or they were tenants that had simply moved into an empty house. What we did hear from some other neighbours is that police have been called to this house several times in the past couple of months. Uh, either way, though, uh, it will be uh, not an issue as the house is coming down. Demolition crews planning on being here for the next little while, bringing the structure down. Sophie? Jill Bennett in Kitsilano for us tonight. Jill, thank you. RCMP are investigating a stolen car abandoned and set on fire in North Vancouver. The 2014 BMW was fully ablaze when fire crews arrived at the scene. Luckily, the flames didn't spread to any homes. It turns out the car had been stolen from Richmond. And a fire has dealt a big blow to a small B.C. community. You should have seen this explosion earlier. 
The fire destroyed the Copper Island Inn and Pub in Scotch Creek, just northeast of Kamloops. Three local fire departments battled the blaze, but the cedar paneling inside the building allowed the flames to spread quickly. The business was built in 1973, and since then, it's been a central gathering place for the town's residents. It, it hurts because we don't have a lot, and when we lose something like this, it's a big loss. For us, it is. I mean, it's not just a pub to go drinking in. It's kind of a community place where everybody comes to share stories and gossip and just a warm environment. Everybody knows everybody. Island, when their school bus collided with a truck hauling a trailer full of rowing skulls near Shawnigan Lake. At least one skull flew through the bus windshield, striking the driver. He and the driver of the other truck were taken to hospital, but their injuries are said to be minor. None of the 12 students on the bus were hurt, although they were obviously shaken. The driver of the bus just grazed the side of his head with that canoe, so he came close to losing his life this morning. I'm sure he's very fortunate to be still moving. The driver who was injured uh, made sure that he got the students off the bus first and, and that they were safely taken care of uh, before looking to himself. And so that, again, speaks to the professionalism of our drivers. The truck was carrying members of the Canadian men's Olympic rowing team. None of them were injured. Icy conditions are likely the cause. Another sign that gang violence can happen anywhere at any time. One man is dead after what appears to have been a targeted shooting in Maple Ridge. As Paul Johnson reports, when police arrived at the scene of the shooting, the victim was gone. This was a murder with two crime scenes. The icy ground in the quiet Maple Ridge neighborhood where the victim was shot early this morning and the parking lot of the nearby hospital where he may have driven himself before dying. A Kia sedan with a smashed out back window sat under a police tent for much of the day. Beyond that, investigators with iHit have released few details other than the victim is known to them. What we know of the victim and the evidence that's been gathered at the scene so far, we believe this was targeted and that it is not, it does not appear to be a random incident. While the shooting happened around 6 this morning, when many here were getting ready for work, no residents we spoke with recall hearing it or seeing anything suspicious, though they are shocked and disturbed it happened so close to a school. Because it's often the case with targeted killings that people with information are reluctant to come forward. I hit made a special appeal for help Friday. There are people who may know something about this incident that have yet to speak to our investigators. Those are the people that I urge to, if you have not yet uh, spoken with our investigators and you know something about this incident, uh, please be the first to reach out and, and contact I hit. Police say at this point, for reasons important to the investigation, they are declining to release the victim's identity. Paul Johnson, Global News. Vancouver has reached a new level of unaffordability. A new report by RBC Economics Research ranks affordability based on the share of household income needed to carry the cost of owning a home. A higher number means ownership is less affordable. RBC says Vancouver's rating is now 87.5%, a new record high for Canada. That compares to Toronto at 78.4%. Victoria also said its own new unaffordability record of 61.5%. The latest real estate sale in downtown Vancouver is unlikely to do anything to address the affordability issue. As Tetranecki reports, the selling price for the land currently occupied by the white spot on West Georgia 
probably means the new condos will be out of reach for most people. From flipping burgers to flipping condos, such is life in Vancouver's sizzling hot real estate market. The latest eyebrow raiser, this white spot restaurant on Georgia Street, purchased for $245 million by Carnival International Holdings Limited, based in Hong Kong. At that price, condos here will have to start at $2 million plus. But who can afford that? People that have sold their homes from the North Shore and from the uh, West Side and part of the downtown area that will step down in size to 14 to 1600 square foot units. And what that translates to what they sold their home for, they'll be able to have some money in their pocket. The old Chevron gas station next door was sold to Anthem Properties in April for a reported $72 million. It's all part of Vancouver's master plan to have West Georgia Street home to several new high-rises, nine of them in and around the old white spot. Did you ever see yourself buying something uh, like that? No, no? Not, not in my price range, but I'm sure there's lots of, lots of people out there who can't afford that. Uh, we love to, but the, the price is really, really expensive here. Yeah. Even more expensive than Dubai. I cannot imagine to own a place. Does that uh, surprise you? or What are my children going to do? Yeah, exactly. There have been bigger land sales, like the Oak Ridge Transit Center for $440 million, but that's 13.8 acres. Or the Molson Brewery on Barrage selling for $185 million, but that's for 7.4 acres. This is just under one acre. So much for affordable housing, but that doesn't mean the city can't squeeze developers. The amenity contribution will help to expand these two community centers and or revitalize West Ends as one example, along with some rental. You'd have to sell mountains of burgers to see a $245 million return. Much easier to sell pay dirt. The new gold dust. Ted Chernacki, Global News. Well, if you're heading out to do some Christmas shopping tonight, be prepared to wait even while you're paying. Interact says this is the busiest day of the year for debit transactions. And as John Hua reports, all of those last-minute shoppers are good news for the beleaguered brick-and-mortar sector. Nothing brings people together over the holidays like the panic of last-minute shopping. I just haven't had time to get out. It's been really busy. The mad rush to the mall making the last Friday before Christmas the busiest shopping day of the year. Just ask Brendan Adam. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's good. Who made the rookie mistake of bringing his girlfriend on his last minute adventure. I currently have her wandering around so I can buy her last gift. Others owning it like an ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, excuse for waiting this long. My wife was busy, so she couldn't come tell me exactly what I needed to buy for her. Now, the last Friday before Christmas is consistently the busiest shopping day in Canada every year because more people are jumping in on the last minute action. In 2015, Canadians made 21 million Interact transactions, 24 million last year. That number expected to jump up to 25 million for 2017. You think people would learn year in, year out, but everyone just leaves it till last minute. It's the perfect gift for brick-and-mortar stores. Cashing in at a time when online retailers cannot. We've run out of time to do the shipping, and the shipping has been pretty challenged in North America this year with the volume. So uh, you, you really have to go to the store now. Getting it done just before the clock runs out also comes at a cost. Generally, you're going to be getting people who just have to get the item they're going to pay whatever they have to pay now. Well, some say the last-minute lesson has been learned. I'm probably going to try and plan earlier. This is, like, insane. The trend will likely continue. Everybody shops last minute, right? I'm going to be shopping Christmas Eve. With others having no problem pushing the present buying limits every year.
John Hua, Global News. Well, of course, the big question for the big day is, will Metro Vancouver have a white Christmas? Yvonne Schell is with us live in Langley with the latest word on the possibility of snow on the 25th. Yvonne? Yes, so if the likelihood of a white Christmas has increased, some of the forecast models are suggesting that it is going to pick up as early as our Sunday for Christmas Eve, and we could see some of those flakes and some snow on the ground for our Christmas Day. I'll have more on the totals coming up very shortly, but we were out today and we are asking people why they'd like a white Christmas, and here's what they said. Because it's traditional to have a white Christmas. How's the Santa going to come and the sleighs and all the reindeer? Uh, well, let us know on Christmas. It's traditional, right? white Christmas and all that. As long as I don't have to drive anywhere, I'll be fine. Because that's what Christmas should be, like white and snowy. And I don't know, it's fun to go to the ski hill and lots of people in Vancouver love snow. Some people anyways. <laughs> but I think my answer to that was, I don't really care because I'm enjoying today. So um, it doesn't matter really. All right. And How's so- that for an answer? <laughs> Yes, we could see the white Christmas uh, that all of us are dreaming of. We could see the white Christmas that we're all hoping for, so I'll have more on the amounts. And once again, this will be Christmas Eve leading in towards our Christmas Day. And we're down here in Langley at the Glow Christmas Light Market and Garden, and we'll have more coming up shortly. So, looks like lots of fun down there. Thank you, Yvonne. Right now, though, a dog rescue of a different kind here at home that could lead to animal cruelty charges. This emaciated seven-year-old Mastiff, whose name is Handsome, was found Wednesday at a home in Hope. He was chained up outside with nothing but a bucket of frozen water and a doghouse with no insulation and no bedding. Animal cruelty charges are being recommended against his owner. The good news, though, a Langley businessman has come forward to donate more than $4,000 to pay for Handsome's treatment. Well, it has been more than four months since the body of 19-year-old Karen Desi was found in a burned-out vehicle in Surrey and since police descended on a Surrey home with a search warrant. And yet there is virtually no information for the public about the investigation. So Global News went to B.C. Supreme Court to try to change that. Rumina Dea reports. Who killed 19-year-old Karen Desi? Do police have a prime suspect? The public in the dark. Global News fought to unseal a search warrant, but Madam Justice Wedge of the B.C. Supreme Court has ruled in favour of the RCMP. The details remain a secret. Secrecy, unfortunately, today has to prevail and and outweigh the rights of British Columbians to know just what, uh, what happened in the courtroom when the search warrant was issued. Desi, a kidney transplant survivor and university student, was found dead in this burned-out SUV in Surrey August 2nd. At the time, Ihit said she was murdered in a different location. Got a bunch of bagged evidence. Witnesses say dozens of investigators descended on this house in Surrey hours after the teen's body was found, and they stayed for about a week, which is unusual. Police were coming around asking questions, asking if we had a loud bang. A neighbor said that uh, cops were very eager to get any video footage, kind of pushing them to go back as far as they could. What were police looking for? The details sealed in the search warrant. I hit not confirming whether the home is even connected to the Desi investigation. The arguments, evidence, even the judge's reasons for not allowing the public access to the contents of the search warrant, all under publication ban. It's frustrating for uh, British Columbians who are concerned about uh, police activity, uh, exercises of ju- 
judicial discretion and unsolved murders. It's frustrating for everybody. The RCMP's lawyer not commenting. Neither is I hit. No one has been charged. Ramina Dea, Global News. A warning from North Shore Rescue for anyone heading out to the backcountry this holiday season. The team says Christmas time is typically busy for them, with more people heading outdoors to enjoy the snow. So far this year, they've responded to 124 calls involving 186 people. They're hoping that number doesn't climb any higher before the end of the year. So if you are thinking of hitting the trails, be prepared, dress properly for the conditions, and have a plan. The things to think about, uh, basic things like having a trip plan, letting someone know where you're going, doing some research on the location you're going, making sure that you're thinking about that it's winter conditions in the mountains, the shorter days, the the trails are covered in snow. Well, winter may have just started, but this summer's interior wildfires are still top of mind. Environment Canada named the devastating fires as the top Canadian weather story of 2017. And as Nadia Stewart reports, three other extreme weather stories here in B.C. made the top ten list this year as well. It's just a ridge line of fire all the way across. It is the summer many in B.C. won't soon forget. Oh my goodness, I would go fast. As wildfires raged across the interior. We knew if it started coming in that line of trees, then that was coming towards us. Oh my God. An inferno that persisted for months. The relentless, hot, dry conditions only fanning the flames. No surprise, Environment Canada has named BC's disastrous wildfire season the top weather story of 2017. It was some of the driest months on record. There's a few stations that picked up 0.1 millimeter for the entire summer. Unusually dry, especially considering some parts of the province had been dealing with flooding just weeks before. We started the spring off with a very healthy snowpack, ample amounts of rain, and soon got into a flooding scenario in the Okanagan. And from day to night, it switched from flooding to wildfire. And that never really improved all the way until September. And then another heat wave pushed through. By that time, fire-weary British Columbians were only just returning to normal. Many are still recovering from the worst wildfire season in the province's history. Down on the coast, there are memories, too, of last winter's wrath. The ice and snow, it was both cold and unforgiving. I think a lot of people are on edge this winter, wondering if it's going to be the same, given that it's a, another La Nina. But uh, that was a truly exceptional winter. One with a lot of bite. But it seems even if there is a repeat, most are now prepared to take it all in stride. You just have to take it the way it comes. Let's hope 2018 would be a little more like this. Nadia Stewart, Global News. The body camera of an officer with the Royal SPCA in northern England capturing the moment that she helped rescue a dog that got stuck in a frozen river. Hardy, a nine-year-old black lab, became trapped on the ice while out on a walk and was stuck there for an hour. He kept slipping under the water before he was finally dragged to safety. Rescuers say he had a small cut on his paw and he was cold, but he's expected to be fine. It's one of the most common surgeries these days, and it will only become more so as our population ages. Now, a new type of hip replacement promises to get patients out of the hospital as soon as the next day and substantially speed up recovery time. 
For the last 10 years, Ed Dowling has lived with constant hip pain that's only gotten worse. If I want to cross my leg, I have to grab it and go like this. <sighs> but Ed said no to getting a new hip when doctors said it would mean giving up the active lifestyle he loves. I was told no yoga, no running. I wasn't happy. <laughs> then he found Dr. Roy Davidovich, a pioneer in a new type of hip replacement surgery that can relieve pain. And even more surprising, as 40% of his patients walking out of the hospital the very same day. You know, somebody looking at this that's either had a hip replacement or they've dealt with somebody who's had a hip replacement is going to say, are you kidding me? Going home the same day? That just can't happen. What would you tell them? It can happen, <laughs> and it does happen. The best candidates for the innovative one-day hip replacement are under age 65, healthy, and active. Ed fit the bill. The cost is the same as traditional surgery, but with same day, a smaller incision is made, there's less pain after surgery, and faster recovery. The traditional procedure does have an advantage, no weight or age requirements. Just a few hours after surgery, yoga in no time. Ed is already out of bed and walking. 12 hours total, and he's discharged from the hospital. Only months later, Ed's new hip is healing nicely, and he's not only back on his own two feet, he's balancing on one. Yoga was great. I wasn't ready to give that up. A one-day surgery, offering benefits for years to come. Dr. John Torres, NBC News, New York. And Yvonne Schell is with us tonight out at another one of Metro Vancouver's lovely Christmas events. Yvonne? Yes, so tonight we're out in Langley at the Glow Christmas Garden, Light Garden and Market. Lots to talk about and lots to see if you're planning on coming out. And I'll have more details on the event. But first, we'll start off with the forecast and the potential of seeing a white Christmas. We're anticipating some snow. Here's a look at the temperatures and what we saw today. Five was the high average for this time of the year. So it's at six. So we're right where we should be for this time of the year. A record on this day of 14 degrees was set back in 2005. It is a chilly one out there, especially with the wind chills from many areas into the interior. Will be feeling into the minus teens. Central interior this evening, minus 20 for the wind chill, and we're looking at it for the northern half of the province as well. Big weather picture that we're seeing on the satellite and radar. We've got a dry day for our Saturday that's setting up, but it's Sunday and leading into Monday. There's the potential that we could see that snow pushing in and accumulating for many areas across the island and for much of the south coast. Arctic outflow warning in effect for the following area in purple. North Coast inland section with the wind chill feeling closer to minus 20. And that'll likely be for this overnight leading in towards our weekend for both Saturday and Sunday. Future cast into place. So Saturday, fantastic. Plenty of sunshine, a dry day if you are commuting on the roadways. On Sunday, as early as the morning hours, snow pushing in across the island, especially for higher elevations and inland sections. And then we're looking at it by the evening hours on Christmas Eve for Metro Vancouver and then stretching in towards the Fraser Valley and pushing its way towards the east. Northern half of the province, a snapshot for Saturday, but coastal sections for Prince Rupert will be up to one, inland into the minus double digits with Smithers up to minus 13. Central interior with minus 14 as the high and much of the southern half of the province, interior sections tomorrow, a dry one for those that are commuting, higher elevations, it's really going to be on Sunday and leading into 
Monday, especially if you're traveling along the mountain passes. There's where we'll see the potential for some snow, but we're going to keep a close eye as it progresses across the south coast and see when it pushes in towards the interior on Sunday, Monday. South coast, as we look towards the island, so it's on Sunday by as early as the morning that we could see that snowfall developing, accumulating with up to two centimeters for many areas. We are going to be precipitation on Saturday, and on Sunday we'll keep a close eye for a white Christmas, and that's what we're anticipating across Metro Vancouver. Temperatures are going to be chilly as we look in towards our Saturday, Sunday, Monday for Christmas Day. With that snowfall, likely for the morning hours, it's going to taper off late in the day, and by our Tuesday for Boxing Day, it looks like we'll be into a dry one. All right, I wanted to welcome in Tamara Jansen. You're the creative director, designer here down at Glow and Langley. It is fantastic, very busy this evening. For those planning on coming down, what can you anticipate? Well, we have all kinds of stuff for the family. It's And first of all, the weather's great in here. So you can come and check out all of the, the gardens and the lights here. It's got lots of e events for the kids, moms and dads. You can walk around with a rum and eggnog if you want to, or you can even get your glow cup. Excellent. Which you showed us. <laughs> what are we drinking here? This is Italian soda. But there is eggnog if you like as well. That's right, exactly. And then for the kids, there's lots of different things that they can do. We've got presents for them to go around the gardens and find. For even for the adults, it's so cute. We see people that are just like little kids again, enjoying like the icicle cavern. We have Rudolph's runway. Big families that come and they sit in the big sleigh and they get a, a huge family group photo. It's a ton of fun. Lots to see. And if you want, Santa's down here as well. Yep. And there's lots of food as well. So thank you so much. If you do want to find out more information and want to check it out, Glow the Christmas Market is going to be here all the way until December 30th. So? All right. Thanks very much, Yvonne. Enjoy. Some frightening moments for the pilot of a single-engine plane off the coast of Miami. A boater captured on video as the aircraft experienced engine trouble and the pilot was forced to make an emergency landing in the waters of Biscayne Bay this afternoon. It was carrying an advertising banner aimed at tourists. The pilot, who was the only person on board, dropped the banner before that crash landing. He managed to swim away unhurt and boaters immediately went over to help him. The plane, as you can see, ended up submerged in the intercoastal waters. Well, we first introduced you to Jack Miles five years ago after the World War II veteran's medals were stolen from his own home. He resigned himself to losing the honours forever. That is, until an RCMP officer stepped in. Linda Aylesworth has the story. Each of the medals that RAF Flight Lieutenant Jack Miles earned during World War II has a special place in his heart, like the one he got for service in Southeast Asia. I was told that the flying into Java, the rebels take no prisoners, and uh, they tell me what they do when they catch you. Over 70 years later, while most of his comrades are long gone, the memories survive. I ended up with $11,500 flying that particular airplane. The medals indicate the history, what I've been through. I'm very proud of them. But none of that mattered to the thief who broke into his home three years ago. My medals were hanging up here. Of all the possessions taken and never recovered, their loss hurt the most. But if there's one thing Jack has learned in his 99 years, is to accept the things he cannot change. I was going to do nothing about it. I had accepted the fact that the medals were lost. 
but Staff Sergeant Major John Buis of the Burnaby RCMP did not accept the loss. Since police were unable to recover the originals, he would help Jack get replacements. He's an aviation pioneer and he is a World War II veteran and I thought somebody should give this guy a hand and that's what I did. The British Ministry of Defence was contacted and endless documents to prove the medals had been awarded and stolen were exchanged. At long last... This is the envelope that I received last week containing the medals. He had to pay for them out of his own pocket, but they're worth every penny. When I wear them, I think and make sure that those who were lost are not forgotten. It's a lovely Christmas present. Merry Christmas, Jack, and thanks for your service. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Glad he got his medals back. I am too. All right. You are rather lonely up here today. Where is everybody? Well, Bob, our studio floor manager, is here. You're here now. I've got people in my ear. Yeah, but no Chris. Yvonne somewhere else. I thought I'd come down and keep you company. Oh, that's nice of you. I wasn't it though. The Christmas spirit. I was the Christmas spirit. And plus, I get paid this. Is there a mystery? Well, it's not a mystery. It's just odd, quite frankly. Something's up. Well, something in the air. It's interesting. It's different. It's It's a strange story. It's a strange story. Um, It's a story of Brendan Gaunt's. Because last night, he broke a 95 game goalless streak by scoring the first goal in Vancouver's overtime loss to San Jose. Another game where the Canucks allowed at least five goals. That needs to stop, but that's another subject. Let's get back to Gaunt's. He now has two goals in his NHL career, but there's something unique about these two goals. Noah Brown, the fist. Both of the goals he has scored did not come off his stick. Last night, Eric Gabranson took a shot, and it went off the skate of Gaunt, who was standing right at the side of the net. So, I mean, it really was a shot by Gabranson, but it hit Gaunt and went in. So that's a goal. The first goal he ever scored was also off his skate. He's never actually scored a goal in the NHL by using his stick. It's always just been kind of a fluke. Just being in the right place at the right time. Eventually he'll score with his stick, but so far, two goals with the skate. Um, Of all the Olympic teams to be part of, none is better than Canada's women's hockey team. Because once you're on the team, you are pretty much guaranteed you're going to get a medal. In the five Olympic hockey tournaments that have been held for the women, Canada has four gold and one silver. There is no reason to think they won't get silver or gold next February as well. Women's hockey is still Canada, the Americans, and everyone else, and that has never changed. We've had a really uh, tough schedule. We've played 11 international games so far and uh, about 20 games against the uh, Alberta boys midget teams. And I'm really, really happy with where we're at and really excited about um, our future and as we push forward towards the Olympics. We know uh, what to expect now. We've played six games against the U.S. It's been going pretty, pretty well the last couple of games, but the work is not even close to be done. I think for us, we've got to keep going. We have a couple of games against Midget AAA here before we go uh, off to Pyeongchang. So there's a lot of work for us, and we're going to focus on ourselves and keep getting better as a team. Now, of the 23, Megan named Augusta the Team Canada 14 were part Ontario. of the gold medal win in Sochi when they erased that 2-0, uh, 2-0 deficit and beat the Americans. Megan Augusta made the team today, VPD officer, as we said, 
from Ontario, but of course lives here now. No BC-born players on the team, though, unfortunately. All right. Canada getting ready for the uh, World Junior Hockey Championships, taking on the Swiss. This is an exhibition game. Dylan Dubé of the Kelowna Rockets. There are two Rockets on this team, Cal Foot being the other. Helped set up the first goal by uh, Jordan Carew. Sam Steele sets up Dubé. A couple of WHLers. That made it 3-0. Later in the second, Jake Bean. One-timer. 4-1 for Canada. They beat the Czechs the other day, 9-0. This is another easy win in an exhibition game against the Swiss. Dubé one more time. Second of the game, 6-1 the final. Canada opens the tournament Boxing Day against Ole Olevi and the Finns. The uh, Whitecaps bought themselves a Christmas gift. They pick up center back. Doniel Henry, who was the property of West Ham United, although he didn't play much for them, he was loaned out quite a bit, has played 22 games for Canada's national team. Probably won't be a starter right away with the Whitecaps, but he gives them depth in the back line, and they'll need it because Kendall Waston is going to be away at the World Cup in the summer. There you go. Oh, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. EPL, okay, EPL action, Arsenal-Liverpool, Mohamed Salah. Two nothing for Liverpool. Arsenal roar back. It's two one. Granite Xhaka from distance. Oh, back of the net. Two two, and then two minutes later. Ozil. Three two for Arsenal. Three goals in five minutes. But Liverpool get it back. Roberto Firmino will beat Peter Cech. And this one will end 3-3. Liverpool remains fourth in the standings, or the tables, if you like. And Arsenal's a point back in fifth. And I still have satellite debris to do so. So you're still not done. I'm still not done. So don't go anywhere. I won't. I really won't. Right now, let's check in with Jade Durant for a look ahead to Global News at 11. JD? That was your encore score. One more highlight pack. One more. Yeah. Okay, I'll do one more. Yeah, one more. Uh, a plea tonight from North Shore Rescue to anyone planning to spend time outdoors over the Christmas holidays. They're reminding skiers, boarders, snowshoers, anyone heading outdoors to use common sense and be careful. The organization is expecting a jump in calls over the holidays for events that are often caused, uh, caused by a lack of planning. And we heard about the Good Samaritan who came forward to finance the medical bills for that emaciated Mastiff from Hope. Tonight, we'll meet the man who made it possible. That's tonight at 11. So. All right. Thanks, Jay. Squire is back after a break with the Plays of the Week. Right now, here's Kasia Badurka with another five things you can do with your family. Kasia. Thanks so much. Holiday events are in full swing, and if you haven't checked out some of the light displays and festivals, now's the time. Bring a donation and marvel at St. Paul's Lights of Hope downtown, or stroll down the majestically lit up Capilano Suspension Bridge. On the island, Bouchard Gardens is always gorgeous, or visit some of the other festive botanical gardens across the province. The Gulf of Georgia Cannery in Richmond invites you and the kids to experience Christmas at the cannery. The Festival of Trees is on as you explore the historic site. It's free and open daily until the 31st. You didn't miss the train yet at Surrey's Bear Creek Park. The Santa Express and the Christmas Night Train will take you on an enchanting and interactive ride that's guaranteed to entertain. After
after enjoy some hot chocolate and holiday treats. Get moving at the 20th annual Winter Ice Palace. The Cloverdale Arena is transformed into a winter wonderland, an old-fashioned skate pond. That's every day now until January the 7th. It's as good as having a time machine. Experience an old-fashioned Christmas at the Helmkin House in Victoria. This is the oldest house in BC, still on its original site, and it's all decked out as it would be over 100 years ago. For more on this, go to globalnews.ca slash five things. This program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance. Report, lots of snow on the mountains uh, and a clear, cool day tomorrow. Whistler Blackcomb, a base of 162 centimeters, Grouse 190, Cypress 205, and Sasquatch 194. Revelstoke, a base of 153 centimeters, Manning Park 141, and Powder King 155. In the southern interior, Big White, a base just under 150, Silver Star a little over 130, Sun Peaks 120, and Apex 103. So Taylor University is in Indiana. It's an NAIA school, I believe. And every year in December, they do this thing called Silent Night for their men's basketball team. It was a tradition they've started, I think, in the 80s. Um, The interesting thing is the kids all go dressed up. Then they don't cheer at all until their team scores the 10th point of the game. Here's what happened this year. Watch. There's one other part about this, too. So here's some of the kids dressed up. They all dress up. That's a good costume. Costumes. Here it is. This is for the 10th point of the game. Now watch. Everybody's quiet. And then they all run on the floor. It's like they just won the championship. And then they all get off the floor. And the other part of the tradition is late in the game, the entire audience will sing Silent Night. Watch. Like during the game. Yeah. That's the tradition. I like that. And they've never lost when they've done these silent nights. Never. So they have to keep it going. Gotta keep it going. Okay, speaking of traditions, this commercial first fell into my lap two years ago. It's like, to me, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I have to watch it every year. I know you've probably seen it, but I have to watch it every year. So here we go again, the Norton antivirus commercial. I love this one. Here we go. Have you looked over the naughty nice list yet? Looking at it now. Okay, I wasn't looking at it, but I am now. No. Play your games. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of things. This isn't a game. Crinkle, the naughty nice list is gone. Call the police. Uh, I've seen this before. It's called the Baham Bug. Your dad is locked. There's nothing I can do. You're the police. You're supposed to help. And you were supposed to bring me a Battle Max action figure in 1987. Oh. Hello, Dougie. Didn't recognize you. Did you get any better at listening to your mom? She passed. Sorry. She made a great cookie. Since you're the one to ransom. No! We don't negotiate with naughties. No offense, Dougie. It was a phase. Crankle. We need Chris Jr. Who's, who's Chris Jr.? My son. So many updates to run. Did you know your clock was wrong? He thinks you're in Belize. Can you get the naughty niceless back or what? No, that reindeer has left the barn. I'm Santa. Come to the world. Who does this to a friend? In here, people aren't who they seem to be. It's like those guys who dress up like you at the mall. What guys? Which mall? Dad, the point is you gotta be Do you know more... about these guys at this mall? Did you? Oh. Naughty nice list. It's been leaked. 
Media's gonna go crazy. Wait, they leaked my list? It's time for Santa to remind everyone exactly how this works. Crankle, get the shovels. Everyone's getting coal. Everyone. We may not have enough! Well, send someone up the flue to jiggle the thingy. Remember, it gets stuck! If you installed Norton security like I told you, none of this would have happened. Well, I didn't. It did. And here we are. Man, things are going to be different when I run this operation. When's that? When you get older. I'm 1,700 years old. How much older would I need to be? Chippy, stop! Send someone up to jiggle him. You know, everyone's not naughty, Dad. There's a lot of nice out there. I know, son, but they hacked my list. Well, maybe we don't need a list. Let's call it a weird year. No naughty or nice. Everyone gets gifts. That's what it's all about, right? Spoken like a true clause. Hey, no more coal! You know what, Dad? You're really good at making people happy. Almost everybody. a little longer than most commercials but i like it but totally worth it oh it's worth it okay the last one is from uh france canel plu it's also a christmas commercial here we go you're my very best friend we're the perfect man and i do get the cosmic but these forever till the bitter ends you always can't depend me being right by your side the sky starts turning gray You're always gonna put those arms away It's always gonna be brighter than With my very best friend With my very best friend French commercial with English subtitles, clearly. <laughs> they started out cute. I like it. There you go. Very nice. Thank you, Squire. All right, let's head back out to Glow and check in with Yvonne Shell. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there's over 500,000 lights. If you do want to come check it out, it'll be here until December the 30th, and it is closed on Sundays. A last check at the forecast where we are looking at the potential for snow and a white Christmas. Temperatures are going to be very chilly over our holiday weekend, a dry one for our Saturday, but it's Sunday. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.